we seek him and we desire and we desire i hope nimekujibu subira over to you israel oh before israel you speak let me just read what some people are saying here in the chat grace is saying the spirit gives spiritual gifts gifts of grace god generously apportioning different gifts to different people yes from tasha tasha through the spirit he gives gifts according to who we are and how he can work in us and through us to bless other people unaona hapa mambo ya self love tumeshaichuja israel yeah yeah um definitely and actually i like how the conversation is going because tunaenda mbele nyuma mbele nyuma but we're filling in the gaps as we because we're going along and it's good that you've touched on chapter 14 because tunaelekea hapo but there's some there's, there's still some things i want to fill us um in on in chapter 12 and we've we've covered them primarily from sibira's question because you've asked the question of desire which is in chapter 12 verse 31 which we're going to get to just now it says now eagerly desire the greater gifts and we'll see what that means um yes sibira you can ask a follow up question you can just uh post it in the chat um but before we get to that before we get to the desire part i want to focus on um verse 21 to 26 which goes to what kate had said at the beginning when he gave us the context of um the corinth and the kind of lifestyle that was being lived there so i'm not going to read but chapter 21 26 it basically talks about you know the whole idea of you know because you're an eye Uh, because you are a hand because you are abc doesn't mean that you're any lesser than um like sorry doesn't mean that because you are a hand you are lesser than the eye and because you are a leg you are lesser than the eye or or the hand or anything basically paul was saying that every single person has been blessed differently so they can function and be part of the body and if you put it in its context he was just like etia said the lifestyle that was being lived in corinth was first of all like i said it was a metropolitan city so there was no such thing as contentment it was about which group could outdo which group there was no such thing as humility it was about which group was the best group you know because you had to establish dominance there there was constant comparison between the different cultures the different gods the different types of worship and even within the same types of worship like we see in the church which Paul is addressing you have people who are speaking in tongues and they want to continue speaking in tongues because they're in that loop of comparison and with this verse he's simply saying there must be contentment you must be content you could be a, a part of the body that is that that is seen you know that is at the forefront of the church it doesn't make you any better than someone who is at the back of the church you could be an arm you could be a leg but this does not mean anything if the internals are not working properly and he uses this very very good illustration because we can relate to it today if my hand is working correctly but my stomach is not working correctly my entire body is going to be weak my entire body is going to be hurt and the reverse is also true so he was first addressing this thing in this town where there was no contentment everyone was always striving and trying their best to just outdo each other and the second thing he was addressing was humility because uh, we see in um chapter this is chapter verse 
chapter 24, 25, it says, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be equal, um, should, should, should have equal concern for each other. So essentially, Paul is saying that in this body that you're in, being called a Christian, a follower of Christ, you must be willing to serve each and every person, regardless of how, 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 how far into the spotlight you're in. And again, going into the context, this was like the opposite of what was being preached in the town of Corinth. Um, and finally, just to be able to say that, I'll just finish this and then you can ask. The final thing that Paul was um, addressing was breaking away from the idea of comparison. Um, so again, going into the context over and over, just going back to the context of the times. And all these things that we're, that we're talking about, we see them today. The Bible in this book, it is speaking to us today. Honestly, it seems like this was something that was written last night for us. We must break away from the idea of comparison. We are living in this time where no one wants to, no one wants to say anything because, because they, they, they don't see themselves as ABC. So like, for example, no one wants to speak up because they're not a pastor. No one wants to, um, you know, go and um, criticize someone because they're not their deacons or their reverends or, or whatever it is. And Paul is addressing this thing because he's saying, you have all been given different gifts. And if you think that your gift is lesser because you're seeing someone else has um, something quote unquote greater, then you miss out on the entire purpose that God has for us. And he goes on to say that if the body was one eye, then how would it hear? You know, for us today, if everyone in church was a preacher, um, how would we have prophecy? If everyone in church was, uh, was ABC, how would we have one, two, three, you know? He's calling us, he was, he's calling the church of Corinth and he's calling us today to get out of that bubble of comparison. And it is killing us. And I think for this particular group in this age, age range that, that we are in, comparison is just like it has said, it is the thief of joy. Apple Instagram, like we know the struggles that we that we go through. Apple Instagram, that explore page, it is the Apple that if you just want to feel bad about your life, go to Instagram explore page. It is the ultimate comparison tool. And Paul is calling us to get away from it. Like you, we, we do not need that, especially in the church, because it, it literally kills us. It destroys the purpose God has for us. It destroys the intentions he has for us. And it destroys the growth of the church in general. So moving on to verse 31, because I, I figure, Subira, your question is going to be on the issue of desire. So let me cover this before I allow you to have that follow-up. Um, and verse 31 says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And obviously there's the context of the, um, what, what you have spoken about, you know, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, those who work in miracles, the gifts of healing, the speaking in tongues, the interpretation. And he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And I wanted to focus on this word desire. And it's, it's very good that you brought it up, Subira. But I want to bring it into the context of what desiring looks from a Christian perspective. And we see this in um, Psalm 37, verse 4. And I'll just read it. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of our heart. Now, most times, um, when we're, whenever we, we, we read some of these things, 
we read them the wrong way. I know for this verse in particular, when people read it, majority see it as when I delight in the Lord, he will give me the desires which are already in me, you know. But the right context of this is, as I desire in the Lord, he will put in me, he will put inside me desires, and then I will want those desires to come true, and then he will fulfill them. And this is actually how it's supposed to be written, because if we read it in the previous way that I've described, then it puts us first, and then God second. And there's no way that that works and is still in um, in the correct context of the biblical narrative. But if we read it how I've described in the second way, where it starts with God, he gives us the desire, and then we yearn for those desires and he fulfills those desires. Then that goes into the biblical, hey, biblical, hi, biblical narrative format. And if we're in this place, um, I guess it goes into the question that you that you asked, we begin to see how our desires are, first of all, um, spearheaded by God himself, because all we're doing is delighting in the Lord. And as we delight in him, he gives us what he sees fit in terms of our desires. And then we yearn for them and he fulfills those desires. So are you seeing how when we desire, when, when we just take delight in the Lord, he gives us the desire that then go out to fulfilling every single thing for the greater good of the kingdom. And it goes into confirming what we read at the beginning, which is um, that the gifts that are given are for the common good of the kingdom. They will not be for the common good if the desires that we have are coming from our own selfish needs. They must come from God. So God gives us the desires and then he fulfills the desires of our hearts. I hope that makes sense. Um, Subira. You have the flow to ask your question. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, anyway, um, my question is um, when it comes to the gift of prophecy, there, there was a time we were talking about listening to if it's God's voice or it's your conscience, how to differentiate it. And so I was thinking, how do you, if you have the gift of prophecy, for example, how would you know, like you're getting, I don't know, like a prophetic revelation or something like a deja vu, or mm. just like you know, random dreams, something of that sort. I didn't know how to phrase it. So how do you know that the gift of prophecy you have is from God? Yeah. So, so uh, does anyone have any answer for this? How do you know that the gift of prophecy you have is from God? Anyone? Anyone, Ella? Guys? How do you know that every spirit you have is from God? <laughs> ah, Nelson, ah, ja, 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 you're here. Ah, Nelson. <laughs> Nelson, ah, because we could at the right time. So the question the is, right <laughs> how do you know that the spirit uh, that, so Sibira was asking about prophecy. 
And the premise yeah. of our question is, how do you know that the gift of prophecy that you have is from God? So this is speaking to you specifically, Nelson, because I know you have the gift of prophecy. So how do you know the gift of prophecy that you have is from God? Okay. So, uh, but number one, yes, uh, it's only the Lord, right? Uh, when mm -hmm. Isaiah says, there is none like me. I know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So it is the, only the Lord who is existent out of time, okay? Mm -hmm. So most of the other uh, gimmicks, oh, Jaribuku, foretell uh, and foretell, mm. is from the point of prediction and the monitoring spirits. We can see that from, uh, from, for example, Samuel, when he tries to evoke, I mean, when Saul tries to evoke Samuel's spirits, he evokes mm -hmm. a different kind of spirits, which now tells him exactly just what God had said. Because in the spiritual realm, rather not to say but spirits which know which monitor what god is doing mm. and they look like they are prophesying in some sorts but what, what they're just doing just because they know what god has said they speak from what they just twist it a bit but you understand that it sounds very convincing yeah. number two uh, bible nasema for the testimony of christ is the spirit of prophecy so there's no mm. prophecy that happens without the testimony of Christ, right? So yes. that is the ultimate prophetic uh, word that you'll ever hear, is the testimony of Christ. So you find that uh, all of this uh, prophecy and, and teaching is supposed to, to lead to the three things that remain, that is faith, hope, and love. So, uh, and then if it's from God, according to James, Mm. It's supposed to encourage you, it's supposed to build you up. Uh, so, kuna watu wanyu sema prophecies ingine, and sometimes supposed to rebuke you, right? Mm. But all these things are supposed to be in line with the testimony of Christ. Yes. Okay? So that is how we question, we weigh, we, we weigh prophecy. For we know that in Corinthians it says that any man or spirit that does not proclaim the Jesus is the spirit of the Antichrist. So. Mm. At the end of it, what are we? What is the prophecy leading? To? Is it leading to? Is it leading to Christ, or is it leading to uh, you uh, to to idolatry? Because not just because you a prophetic personality cult. Lastly, mm -hmm. I'd like to say that. Uh, so uh, there must be a witness, right? Yeah. So there's a witness of the Holy Spirit who is resident in us. So, uh, case in point, prophetic word, right? He himself has to have a witness of the word and of the spirit. Mm. So he needs to go uh, examine, is what, I'm, is what I'm saying, in the word, consistent with the word, consistent with the spirit, because the spirit is the truth. So yeah. the spirit of truth, the truth of the spirit, have to agree because the gift is from the spirit. Mm. So Okiwana is of witnesses. Then God does not contradict himself. So every word that he says is not unique. There's something that he has said before that ties into the word he's saying now. Yeah. Okay. And thirdly the accuracy. I mean I think yeah the accuracy of the word. So it's in the same uh, 
is a precise word dividing the, the that leaves nothing there dividing the bone and the marrow just yes, in between the soul and the spirit so the precision of the word that is given also uh, bears testimony mm. okay so case in point some, some sometimes okay for me personally so if, if i've never met someone and go tells me something that i don't know about them and so and it's supposed to build their faith so rapata kwa kwa inroje kwa supposed to also lead them to repentance kwa corinthians thinking where he's speaking about tongues and prophecy is when someone comes an unbeliever comes and finds uh, uh, you prophesying they'll repent so yeah some aspect of it should lead to repentance that is changing yeah. your mind so christ is the beginning and the end of each prophecy right so i think i hope i hope i have answered that question apo you have answered comprehensively umejibu fully 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 and the only thing i can add on that is something that you said but i just don't put it in its correct context in the bible and just back it up with with the verse like you you said the verse but need you to atuko na jo verse maybe someone doesn't know the verse it's first john 4 verse 1 and it said beloved um do not believe every spirit but test the spirit to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out in the in the world but by this you know the spirit of god every spirit that confesses that jesus christ has come in the flesh is from god and every spirit that that does not confess jesus is not from god this is the spirit of the antichrist which you had was coming and now is in the world already um so everything you said as in that's just amazing ume umechukua word ukatupea no me twist ukaka ka flavor flavor man asante sana um but yeah sibira i hope that has answered your question first first john for one and what nelson has just spoken about. um yeah so Israel. i'm seeing yes 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 kati israel i yes. have something to add go on. i think nelson and gitukwa story yake the way he started prophesying cause by the way it's also like kama mtoi unaanza ukigrow pole pole kuna times unaweza hata nini if you see these great people these great men of god that were being used mm-hmm. um you find that pia walianza baby steps pole pole like even speaking in tongues for some of us as in wanna find people start slowly and as you continue to work on it it becomes better and better and better unafika place by the obatishi unajua sometimes we think that even when god gives us a word of prophecy we think it's not a word of prophecy because of the people that have gone ahead of us wale wasiwakupoa yani unaona aya miangu si prophecy do you let me say ni big yangu you see word of prophecy and also something to mention by the way prophecy goes two ways there's foretelling and there's foretelling foretelling is something that happens like immediately it is like happen like two weeks as in see time span yake si repo and there's something called ni foretelling nile ita take time ita take time ata inezeka happen ata after after ata we ukufe and you find in the bible many people that were used of god were actually prophets and they entered into the prophetic office if you read the book of psalm you will find that abraham was a prophet you find that when you enter into that prophetic office you speak for god 
And for you to speak for God, you actually have to get into the place that you bonded with God. Mbaka una, ni kama una represent mse. Ni kama sasa, for example, um, ayetuaje Subira, I represent Koima. As in, I speak for Koima. And Koima memsho, by the way, do this and this and this and this, and you will go and say that. So in the Old Testament, there is something called double fulfillment of prophecy. Double fulfillment of prophecy, for example, you find that a prophecy is said now, it has been fulfilled and it will be fulfilled again. The book of Daniel is like a picture and you find revelation, Daniel and revelation. So revelation, the double fulfillment of prophecy, it will happen your time. And in the Old Testament, we find that prophets were being killed. You test and you wait. As in, nothing used to happen. So prophets used to be killed. And that's why it was hard for Jeremiah at that time to become, to become a, a, a prophet. But what I can actually say for you, like um, Subira, it's about growing in it. It's about growing in it. And there's no way, as you bond with someone, ama you get to know someone like in a deeper way, there's no way you will be able to miss what their heart is, what they're actually saying. I hope I've answered you. Um, yeah. Uh, also, just to piggyback on that point, yeah. Um, I, I, I hope not to get into more sensitive waters, but uh, there are some questions that have arisen here that uh, is, uh, uh, so prophecy has degrees, okay? Oh. Right? So, uh, so even as you can see, like, uh, like for example, preaching the word, the return of Jesus Christ already itself is prophecy, okay? So some degree of it is fulfilled in preaching the word. Some degree of it could not when you progressed, for example, when you could not progress for governments, some of them are just temporary. You cannot consult consult them again. Imagine. So because so, you cannot different dimensions. What I'd like to say is that. Um, as Katie has said before, that a prophet gift is usually very sensitive, especially in the body of Christ. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because uh, some people have used it for deception. But in as much as they're treated there now is how they used to be treated then. So I don't know that it's as any fancy you, but equally too, if you're if God has called you to that space, see 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 raise when you're the process is someone just to prepare you uh, as, as, as a representative, right? Because yeah. now there's a gift of prophecy, now there's the office of a prophet. Those two things are different, right? Okay. For example, Elijah go meets a woman, right? And then yeah, but I'll just explain it and maybe but Bible study is a place where people are on a, on a learning video. So Elijah, yeah. uh, there's a woman that I've commanded to feed you, isn't it? So he has gotten a word, Sindio. But now he exercises his prophetic office to tell the woman what to do because he understands that what is the end product of the Lord at that time. All right? The Lord had not told him that to eat anything in chakula coins. You understand? But because of the wisdom that now comes with having known what the mind of God is, Right, he could exercise a certain liberty in the spirit. You understand? 
So he could use that to his, advan- to, to his advantage because he knows what the mind of God is. For example, alienda, si alienda kwa king akamwambia before the Lord whom I stand, akutanyesha bibi akatatu. Yeah. So you know so unapata there are two things that happened here. There is the Lord whom he stood before because he, st- he stands before the Lord to minister before him or rather to have a relationship and a deep relationship with him. He could understand the mind of God that he didn't ask mtaka kunyesha mtaka kusinyesha. You understand? Mm. So that is now a reserve of people who have been so intimate with God that they could actually cause cause the Bible records it didn't rain not because because it God said kusinyesha but because he, because he prayed. You understand? Like mm. because in James it records the earnest and fervent prayer of a righteous man availed with much power. So you see this guy was in there was in a, was in the realm in which he could like because of his office he could exercise liberty even to cause uh, rain not to fall so because you appear before the lord and you know him he can give you a liberty to make a declaration on his behalf all right because he has trusted you that much uh, your relationship because you know the end product of this journey is for people to worship god or something to happen that god has made it clear to you so after now that has been made to you as god's priests najua kila msiapa ni priest wa god you can be able not to exercise spiritual liberty over certain situations and even you sometimes prophetic gifts used to happen in the old testament like now elisha would say tomorrow at, at, at this time food would go would be cheap the whole economy things would stabilize you understand and mm-hmm. then God will cause some leper somewhere to start walking because someone else has spoken. You understand? Like, mm. it was a situation in the homes of Guineans. So even yeah. for us as believers, I'm trying to start in us there. Because you see, prophets, prophetic gifts do not work where it is despised. Because you see, that's what Jesus would say, that uh, what the Bible would say, if you don't receive it in the name of the prophet, you don't receive the gift of the prophet. Of the prophet you understand? It's not a yeah. person but the dispensation of the prophet of the prophetic that is available for the church at that time if it is despised we end up losing it and what i'm trying to encourage us as is because our conscience have been so exposed to what the negative side of it it has made us be hardened towards it altogether you understand yeah uh, so napata we will lose it altogether and yet a body cannot function if it doesn't have one part so napata mostly when people don't uh, evangelist anaitikia teacher anaitikia eh nini nyingine anaitikia unaona but sasa vitu zingine inakuwa ni tofauti ngumu sana wase kuitikia cause of history of was past heart when you get yeah hey awesome awesome Nelson. yeah poni tumeenda deep tumeenda deep but that was very very necessary and i think even in your explanation you have touched on There's a very risky question that I don't want to go into right now. Uh, this one is very deep, Polycarp, and I know that you know that because you've asked uh, the school of thought of um, the apostolic age not being with us anymore. This one is a reserve for a bit later on because there's still so much we have to cover in, in these three, in the, in, in the next half an hour. Um, but I want to assure you that to tell we shall come to it we shall, we shall come to it i think it's part of a wider discussion 
because um, like you said, it's an entire school of thought. Uh, I know where I stand. Uh, I shall not see where I stand now. Um, but we're just going to move on. Um, I'm saying, let me see. Uh, according to First Corinthians, this is Marsh speaking. According to First Corinthians 14, 3 and 5, is preaching the same as prophecy, maybe um, preaching the same as prophecy, maybe in the new dispensation. Again, that goes back to Polycarp's question, um, which again, I just don't touch that now because it had to be like on a tangent and we need to, to get to the- But to for the me, moment. I think I just answer that. Answer that. From a point of knowledge, it was true. Uh -huh. Because, okay, make, a, make an answer that from a point of knowledge. I can say it's not the same. Why? Because uh, personally, I preach and I profess. I can, I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference. I, there's, a, there's a huge difference between the two. Yeah. Preaching is, is a level of prophecy because you see, if you're speaking God's word, some of God's word has not happened yet. You understand? Mm -hmm. For example, Jesus has not yet come. So if you're proclaiming the judgment of the world that is soon to come, that in itself is, is prophecy. You understand? But now yeah. there, there are other levels of prophecy that in a preaching alone or other, because the word has to be preached anyway. Before, uh, because the Holy Spirit comes to confirm the, the to testify of the word that is preached through signs, miracles, and wonders. You understand? So even uh, the the uh, the prelude to prophecy, miracles, healing, whatsoever, is a testimony of Christ. So, but there's a difference. Kubwa san, because sometimes, sometimes. Uh, very interesting waters, but uh, but anyway, let me there's, there's, there's some I wanted to go, but I think since it's my first time in a long time here, actually, don't come to Mzuri. Hold on, it's pretty deep, pretty deep, like I was too deep to you. What I can say, what I can say from someone who, who preaches and who prophesies, there's a difference. Kubo. Yes, and and Apple, Apple, I I agree with you, but for the sake of keeping because in, in preaching and prophecy her. would have been the same thing, and if that was the case, the Holy, the Holy Spirit would, would have been wise enough to different to put it to together. differentiate between yeah. teaching and, yeah. and prophecy. And yeah. the Bible, and the teaching So it's just even the way the word is written, there's a clear distinction. <laughs> it's prophecy and it's teaching of the word. Yeah, but but anyway, anyway, to it's it's a very interesting conversation we can have um on the side. But I want us to get back into um what we've been talking about. And I want to finish on chapter 13 before I give it to hand it over to Katie. I just want to use like maybe five minutes on this, because the premise of this entire session today was chapter 14, which I want to hand over to KT. But um again, just to wind up on 13, um Something that I that was really really interesting that I picked up um, was the whole idea of love. So, what is the relationship between love and the Holy Spirit? And I, I want to just go through it very quick and then hand it over. From verse one to three, it talks about this is First uh, Corinthians for those who are joining us. First Corinthians thirteen, verse one to three. It talks about love being the most important thing. And it talks about how you know I could I could do ABC I could um, let me just open it up. It says 
I could speak in the tongues of men, you know, I could have the gift of prophecy, I could have all knowledge, I could possess, you know, I could give all my possessions to the poor and take my body to hardship, but if I don't have love, I gain nothing. So I want us to focus on verse three. It says, if I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardships that, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So love, love is a very, like from the context of this verse, it's, it's, it's very central. It, it, it's a very central theme to the Holy Spirit. And it might not look like we're, like it's been referred to the Holy Spirit, but I want to just show us how it refers to the Holy Spirit. And this is in verse six. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. What is the truth according to the word? The truth is the word of God. The truth is the nature of God. The truth is the son of God. The truth is the spirit of God. So the truth is found in the Holy Spirit. And love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So love rejoices with the going forward of the Holy Spirit. Remember, truth is objective. We live in a world where everything is very subjective and we have this new term that it's been, it's been going around, but for the past two years, it's become very prevalent. It's called post-truth, which is essentially to say that as long as you can justify it, then that can be true. As long as the feelings that back up any comment that you have are valid, then that is truth. But we see from the Bible, and, and we know even from science, that truth is truth, like truth is factual. It is objective. The truth, uh, there's this saying that, that says facts don't care about feelings. And that's the same as the truth. If the truth offends you, if the truth makes you feel happy, if the truth makes you ABC, it does not change the fact that it is the truth. And it cannot be changed to suit our own individual needs. So with that in mind, we see a truth which is very objective. And we see that love rejoices in truth. And because we know that the truth is an attribute of, of the Holy Spirit, because we know that he, he is the spirit of, of true worship, is the spirit of, of true love, he's the spirit of, of, of true relationship. The truth is, um, like truth is a common, let me say, it is a characteristic of the Godhead. So because we know that love rejoices in truth, now we go back to chapter three. And this is where I want to give the very vital distinction. It says that if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love that rejoices in truth. So essentially this says that if I give my possession to the poor and I give my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love and truth. If I do not have love that glorifies that 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 um love that um rejoices in truth if i do not have the spirit of truth living within me then i gain nothing and this friends is the difference between living as a believer and living as an unbeliever because i've had this conversation with, with many people where they say that oh but you know we have people outside of church who give we have people outside of church who are you know they're that they're good people i have this conversation all the time it says how how can someone go to hell yet they're good? You know, how can someone um, do ABC yet they're good? And, and it's this idea of being good that people have a very big issue struggling with when it comes to judgment. Because they're like, but you're good and you give, you know, like um, they say, 
for as long as I'm good and I give to my community and I pay my taxes and I am I am an outstanding member of the society, then I don't think that I will go to hell. But we see in this one verse alone that if you do not have love, and the evidence of love is the glow is 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 the is the presence of truth because love glory, love rejoices in truth, and truth mm -hmm. is the spirit of truth that dwells within us, which is the Holy Spirit. If you do not have love in you, you do not have the spirit in you. If you do not have the spirit in you, it doesn't matter what you do, you will gain nothing. And it goes back to what Katie said, that it's very possible to, 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 to participate in these things, you know, the, the things of, pe people call it Christianese. It's very possible to talk and act in Christianese and to be a Christian, but to lack the spirit, to lack the Holy Spirit within us. And to those people, and even the people outside the church, the non-believers, the one thing that differentiates us between them and us is the spirit that dwells within us. And if we don't have that spirit, then love cannot exist there. I, I really hope that that makes sense. Um, any questions and any um, digressions, you can go there. there. There's so much, like these three verses are so rich. And we can have conversations about them, but I really want to hand it over to Katie to go to um, chapter 14 or anything in chapter 13 that you feel that I may have left out. But before I do that, um, there's something I want to address. Mildred asked, um, on the part of recognizing a gift, how does someone recognize that they have a spiritual gift or does it just come naturally? I can leave that to Katie, but what I can say is um, 110%, nothing in the Christian world comes naturally. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Our nature is broken. Our nature is bent towards evil. That's what the Bible says. And to think that we can, that there's anything in us that comes naturally that is aligned to God is to first of all, insult the cross because it is to say that Jesus died on the cross for something that we could have gotten naturally. Our natural instinct, our natural incline, our natural view is bent towards evil. Everything that is from God, everything that is that is geared towards the kingdom comes from a persistence, comes from a beating down of the flesh, comes from an earnest seeking of God. To know if we have a spiritual gift, it takes a lot of prayer. It takes going to God earnestly and seeking him the best that we can in every single situation that we're in. Otherwise, if we wait for it to come naturally, that's where the devil really has a field day with us. Um, but yeah, I think I can I can say that for now. I know I've just rushed over a couple of things, but I really, really want to get to chapter 14, which is where KT, please come and chambua this word for us. Something interesting about First Corinthians is that it's an argument that is building. And just to bring some few things from um, chapter 13, there's a guy called Jonathan Swift. He wrote the book, um, he is behind the book um, Gulliver's Travel. And he said, we have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. That's so deep. We have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. And the, the Corinthian church, just to bring again the background, but part of it, as in you find these people, it was about speaking in tongues and they never considered any other thing. They never considered any other thing. And now um, it, it got to a place that Paul was trying to show them that love is actually 
a circulatory system of the body of Christ, as in there is nothing that we can do without love. He was saying you can do all these things, but if you don't have love, as in it's like you not doing it. And then he divides the NNA. I won't go deeper into that. He divides this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he divides it into three. And one, chapter verse one to three of Corinthians 13, it's about love being enriching. Love is enriching and ministry without love, it cheapens both the minister and those who are touched by it. But ministry with love enriches the whole church. Imagine. The other thing, um, I, um, I think I can ask you a question there, ask us all. Do we love the people that are in church that God has brought to us? Do we love the person sitting next to you or behind, or even someone who is like leading worship, or even an unbeliever? Do we love? And another question is, can we love everyone? And then from verse four to seven, it speaks about the edification part of love. It And the Corinthians, you find that these people were fast in public meetings, as in Walikona Vitumbiombio, and they never had patience and they never wanted to care about all these other things. Remember, there was a lot of wisdom from the Greeks. So Walikona Kamwa Kiongia wisdom, Yawe Kama Haushiki Shauriako, as in our Bora Wata Boast, Wata Boast in the wisdom. And there's something that I want to say from my book of quotes. We rarely become patient with people who are weak in areas that we are not. In our areas of strength, we have zero tolerance to people whose weaknesses is contrary to, our, to ours. We rarely become patient with people who are weak in areas that we are not in our areas of strength. We have zero tolerance to people whose weakness is contrary to ours. In other words, let me just put it in these words, as in, we are not patient with wasi wenye wanalan. We are not patient with wale wasi wenye, sisi tuko like level four when it comes to our wisdom and everything that we have, but our level one. And ah, unona nikama njomsana to waste your time, as in you won't become patient. I want you to think of areas that you're not patient with someone, areas that you're not patient with someone. And Paul is saying, love, is patient. I want to. I, I want you to put someone. Someone gave me this nene, this picture. I want you to put like, for example, it's saying love is patient. I want you to put your name instead of love. Like for example, Katie is patient and kind. Katie does not envy or boast. Katie is not arrogant. Katie is not rude. Katie does not insist on its on his own way. Katie is not irritable. And as you think about that, you will find that there's a lot in you and me that has to be worked on. So let's try to exercise patience when it comes to me. And then verse four to seven, he speaks about, oh, I, I, I think I've mentioned about that. Um, yes, and this is why I was saying, as in, to go a patient now, I say, to go a patient now, I say, in terms of growing them, in terms of even enduring. Manzono onamsiana struggle, uh, maybe unakam church, unafind kunamsiana struggle na way just because of good, as in ah, unanda kusema manze church wasewa ko down, ama manze umse atoke apu, ama kitukayo. But try to put yourself in that shoe. 
And that's why God is saying love is patient. Love is enduring. Uh, other versions, I think it's the King James in Asema, it is long suffering. Okay, anyone with a question up to there as I answer Mildred's name? Um, on that part of recognizing your gift, how does someone recognize if they have a spiritual gift? I'll say, besides you growing deeper in the word, how did I get to know that I'm a pastor? How did I get to know that? I used to spend time with God. I used to spend time with God. And you see, sometimes you may never believe the word of God fully. That's why the fellowship of the brethren is so key. kumbuka manze kuna nikiishia home. And someone, a, a, a madman, a chokoramcha anaishi kwa nini. Nilikuwa natembea nimebeba mafruits zangu. And I remember walking down, I gave that man. And that man told me, Asante pastor. And I was like, what? How did this guy even say that? So you see, when you spend time with other people, other people can actually speak what God is saying into your life. I, I, I remember the other day I was teaching a small group of people and I told them where I'm standing, I can see everyone, but I can't see myself. And in as much as I can't see myself, I'm blinded to myself. But the people that are seated could see me. So I have to open up to them so that they can be able to be my eyes where I'm blinded. And this is how it happens with the gifts. So that you start to work on it. I hope I've answered you. Um, 1 Corinthians 14. Um, pursue love, pursue love and honestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Let me just explain this. I explained that when we speak in tongues, we are actually speaking mysteries. We are speaking the secrets, the things that God has hidden for us. And the only way we can be able to access those things is through prayer, is through prayer and praying in the spirit so that we will be able to grab those things in the invisible spiritual realm that they will materialize in the physical, visible realm. I hope Sijapotezam Seapo in a sound, a tongue twister. So when you speak in tongues, actually you're speaking all those mysteries, the secrets of God, but it's not edifying the people you find that he's now speaking about the different types of tongues. Kunaile aku speak for yourself, na kunaile aku speak for interpretation. I won't talk about the interpretation now. And he's saying that if you prophesy, it's actually for the building of the entire church. That's why he's saying to a church that was enthused about speaking in tongues only, that manzewa say, Fadali you prophesy, kuliko ku speak in tongues. Ukiendelea kusoma, ukiendelea kusoma apo, apo chini kidogo, you find that Paul is telling women to shut up, to shut up, and you go and talk about this at home. Verse 34, I've gone ahead, I'll come back. 
as in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silence, silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission as the law says. If there's anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. You find that that church, Manzeli, quite divided also in this way. Women were seated on one side and men were seated on the other side. So when the pastor was preaching, Una find the woman will ask the husband, Apo, Apo manini kwa, kwa manini. and imagine all the women talking to their husbands at that time. Imagine all the women talking to their husbands. And now Paul is saying, women should remain silent. As in Akuna Vilemneza Mkanza ku confuse, kuleta confusion in the church. And when you speak um, prophecy, I'll continue to explain there's a place that um, it says, it says, if any speak in a tongue, this is verse 27, um, let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret. When it comes to speaking in tongues, the one that you speak, kama nile for yourself, just speak it for yourself. But kama nile for edification of the entire church. Now this is the difference between speaking in tongues with interpretation and speaking in tongues for your edification. Speaking in tongues for interpretation is for edification of the church. Speaking in tongues for your interpretation, no, not for your interpretation, speaking in tongues that you don't interpret is for your edification. Prophecy, it builds the entire church. And like I said, prophecy is about speaking for God. And then verse 20, because of time. Let me let me start from verse um, verse 19. Nevertheless, in church, I will rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than ten thousand words in a tongue. For the guys that came for in to Tulifanya the other Sunday for the outpouring, I remember there's a time I started saying, guys, if you speak in tongues, speak in tongues now. And there's a part I'll tell you to keep quiet and the word that comes to your mind first, you say. I remember we did that, we did that, and I will say stop, and someone will say promotion. And then again, we will speak, we will speak, and then someone will say, um, I think there was freedom. I can't remember the other word. And this is what Paul is actually saying in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I'll go back to verse 19. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. This is the tongue that you don't interpret. Verse 20, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil but in your thinking, be mature. In the law, it is written, by people of strange tongues and the lips of foreigners, will I speak to these people? And even they, then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Now he's explaining. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. While prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. Let me explain that. He's saying that 
speaking in tongues, the one that you interpret, let me give this illustration. We are living in a country whereby the Chinese are coming. The Chinese are coming as in our Siwana come sana. And you may find that a Chinese might come to church. And if the Chinese might come to church, you find that there's someone in church who is speaking in Chinese. This is the tongues that you interpret. This person who is Chinese, an unbeliever, at a eh, whom say, by the way, I came China, I came Chinku, but I speak Chinese. And I may interpret, and Kenya may interpret is exactly what I know, because this Chinese knows the Chinku language. It will convict this man as an unbeliever at all that there's something supernatural that's happening here. There's something supernatural that's happening here. And when he says um, the, the prophecy is for believers, imagine unaskia, msea naongea something, anasema, um, God, manze, God is going to do such and such a thing. God is going to lead someone here and blah, blah, blah. You see, everyone can understand. But for the believers, in fact, someone said that prophecy for the believers actually happens so quick. And they tarry not. And you see the difference between that. There's a question I want to answer even as I, as I come to the conclusion. There's a question that um, Tashi had asked. Tasha had asked difference between utterance of wisdom and prophecy. Let me just explain it. Um, the word of wisdom and prophecy. Um, word of wisdom is actually an utterance from the Holy Spirit applying God's word or wisdom to a specific situation. In other words, you didn't know anything about that. You see, for a prophecy, you will sit in God and then God ataku walk in steps. Ataku show by the way, kuna kitukai na hii naenda kuhappen. And ukikam kwa the Bible, a message of wisdom, ziko kada. One is in the book of Acts chapter six, verse three. The second one is in the story of Stephen in Acts chapter six, verse 10. And the other one is Acts chapter 15 from verse 13 to 21. I think maybe Israel can post that. Examples of message of wisdom or words of wisdom. Um, Acts 6, 10, Acts 6, 3, and then there's Acts 15, 13 to 21. These are words of wisdom. So there's also a difference between words of wisdom and words of knowledge. I think I'll take a photo of these notes and then I'll post, I'll post on the WhatsApp group. Um, let me try to answer and build on to what Nelson said concerning Polycarp's question. Um, a school of thought holds that some gift ceased operating after the apostolic age in the first to the third century. What are your thoughts about this? By the way, Corinthians, I tend to believe as to what Israel said, that God is actually still speaking. And I don't think God spoke with those people and God speak. And something that actually changed that I was taught in Bible school, the only difference between the people of apostolic times and us is these people were used to write the scriptures. Sisi tunatumiwa ku write all these other things. And when you come to Revelation, you find that the word revelation mean, comes from the Greek word apocalypto, which means to reveal that which was hidden. And God has revealed everything. There's nothing new under the sun. 
And this made a distinction between the apostles, Akina Paul, and all other people. Sasa sisi tuna build on to what Akina Paul wame do. So I will tend to say that, no, I think high possibility is because the church is not operating in all these gifts. You find that churches maybe are dead. You find that people don't talk about the Holy Spirit. You find that people are not even studying the word for themselves. And that's why it may seem like it has ceased, but actually it's because God is waiting on people so that they will operate. I think maybe to neither to Kangia like the first, the last five minutes. So Wasemneza stick around to Malise in 20 minutes. And then I want us to enter into a time where we pray so that we get to see um, these gifts are actually in action. Uh, to Malise up around 8, 8.50. And I want us to operate in this so that we can be able to see that these things are actually happening. Um, the last question, and then I pass it over to you. Um, Melissa is saying, I have a question. When we talk about love or rather the verses that mention love itself, is it love as we know it like today's basic meaning or love or love meaning God and all the things in him? I think Papa, she get clear. Um, maybe Israel, you can be able to mean it. But me, I think you see all these things come from God and God is the author of love. And since he's the author of love, I think the biggest form of love because there are different types of love. There's the phileo love, there's the erotic love, there's the agape love, which is like the umbrella. So I think when we operate from the agape love and God gives us this spirit, this gift, sorry, gifts of the spirit, we will have an appetite for, for people, for the sick. We will have an appetite to see how we can be able to meet the needs of the sick. We will want to see how we can be able to change people's situations and edify the church. Israel, back to you. Um, yes, thank you so much, Katie. Um, guys, I hope that was clear. Um, any questions, feel free to raise your hands and ask. Um, Melissa, I hope you got the answer that you needed. I'm saying Polycarp has also answered quite comprehensively. Um, I think the only thing I can add about this is just to kind of emphasize that the love that we see today, especially in mainstream media and mainstream society, does not even fall in the types of love that are discussed in, uh, you know, the agape, filio, all these things. It's it's just way too shallow. Um, but I think Polycarp has really summed it up, and also KT, so I don't think I'll add anything else on that. Um, I, I think we're, from my part, uh, we're done with the, the three chapters that we uh, were, were meant to do. I have nothing to add on that. Katie, thank you so much for covering it. You want me to cover comprehensive. Kabisa, kabisa, kabisa. Um, unless someone has anything to add or to say, uh, any question? Yes, Marsh, go on. Question was, uh, um, I was very much concerned with the with with the kind of prophecy because uh, that scripture actually I misquoted was from the book of Peter, Second Peter, chapter two, and from verse verse sixteen to nineteen. And actually, nineteen is saying we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines 
in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first 20, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in all time, but the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So still, um, you know, is, is preaching the, the same as, as, as the, the word of prophecy or how does it mean that there is no prophecy of the scripture that is of any private interpretation? Um, sorry, what, what, what verse is that you're reading again? I'm trying to find it. I'm reading from the book of Second Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, verse 16 downward to 19, 20. And Second 21. Peter chapter what, sorry? Uh, chapter 1, 1 actually. Second chapter Peter one. chapter 1 from yes. verse 16 going down. Yes, to 21. Uh, so I can just read it out for everyone else from 16 to 21. Um, for we did not follow cleverly uh, devised stories when we were told about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love and uh, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard his voice that came from heaven when we were there with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it. So um, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises on your heads. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came, came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through uh, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. Um, so maybe you can explain where you, like, where, maybe just ask the question again, because I'm trying to find out um, where you're having confusion between that and preaching, because I'm not seeing the mention of preaching. But maybe, Mash, if you can explain it. Yeah. Yes. Is it yes. Go on, go on, Mush. Um, Mush, I think. Israel. Yes. As we wait for Mush, I'd mm -hmm. like to say that um, there's a difference between preaching, there's a difference between teaching, preaching, prophecy, all these are different. Mm. But I want us to know and look at it from the way for a bike to go, I'm using the analogy of, a, of the tire of the spokes. For yeah. a bike to go, the spokes have to be intact. There's no way the bike can work properly without the spoke. Mm. That means to teach by the way is to impart wisdom or knowledge. To preach is to proclaim or to declare according to the, to, the, to the original Nini language. Yeah. It's different, they're different. And you can find that someone can teach and at the same time they can preach. And you can find that someone can prophesy also in the preaching. Mm. 
Do you know that the Bible has over 324 prophecies, words of prophecies that were being spoken about the coming of Jesus? 324 words of prophecy that were being given. And you see, like Jesus, for example, was seated and he was saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. Let's go back to Isaiah 61 and 1. Isaiah 61 was speaking about, he was prophesying about Jesus. And at the same time, he was actually teaching. So you see, you can operate all those, but there are moments whereby you can find a minister can actually be prophesying. You can find a minister, like a pastor, can enter into the prophetic office. Though you find that there are some people that have a specific office. Like, for example, for me, mine is just a pastor. Though there are times I can operate in even words of knowledge and words of wisdom and all these other things. I hope ni mejaribu kujibu. So, Easy. I don't know if I can go. Let me skip. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nelson, Nazenda. Just to add on what Kitty is saying. Um, yeah, I think this uko uko mbali kidogo na mic yako. Yes, go on. Just to add on what Kitty has, uh, has mentioned. You need to understand uh, Peter was writing to uh, primarily was writing to Jews. As you see in the scripture where he says where they met with Paul, they said they gave him the right hand of fellowship uh, for the, for him to go to the Gentiles and for them to go to the Jews. So primarily he was writing to the Jews, to the Jewish audience. So this is what he meant in that, uh, what KT has shared. He says that as we ourselves, we saw, this is what he was trying to communicate. We ourselves have seen this Jesus and we have witnessed God giving him glory. Uh, in this experience, he was referring to uh, the transfiguration experience that he had with him, Palevokonye Mountain. But then he, go, he goes on to say that, uh, and the resurrection and the things that he has seen God fulfilling through him. But then he goes on to say, that we have a more sure word of prophecy, which means is that uh, which means that the prophecies that were given that these Jews were, were, were constantly examining to see who the Messiah was were a more uh, substantive evidence that Jesus Christ was a Messiah over and above their eyewitness account of what they had seen privately, right? So that's why he would come and say, we have a more sure word of this prophecy which we commend you to take heed as a light uh, as a light uh, shining uh, until the noonday appears in your, in your hearts until the noonday appears which means that as you interact with this word you will see progressively that Jesus Christ is the messiah that is being talk, talked about and it is whom that now we are we are discussing uh, we are trying to commend to you so i think i don't know if that answers Masha's question so that's why you would say no scripture no what uh, scripture is of private interpretation right so yeah. you can isolate scripture to be like so saying if you read all of it and that's what jesus did when he resurrected with the two guys that were walking from a mouse he was explaining in all the scriptures the things concerning himself that you find out that all the prophecies would tie to him uh, directly yeah yeah awesome yeah i think i think that's very comprehensive yes masha may a signal up it's clear um, I think we've come to the end. If anyone has anything else to add before we, um, Katie wanted us to do something for 10 minutes, uh, but I want to allow Kamakunam to connect your Ksema. All right. Um, sour, sour.
Katie, can you take over for the next? Um, there's, there's someone here. By the way, but I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, there's someone here. I, I can sense that you are in a season that you're being planted. You are in a season that you're being planted, and you may feel like manzeni kama uponyuma sana, but God is planting you, and He's grounding you, and He's rooting you to His Word, and He will water you with His Word. As in, I I I can see there's someone here manze God anakusho manze anaku plant during this time. And he wants you to just grow in him. So God plant and manze kama unakuwa planted sai, manze please stay pali God amekueka. Ustoke. Ustoke. And and I I believe kuna reason, kuna reason God anataka ukwe your season. Your season because there's a lot of fruit that you're going to bear. There's a lot of fruit. In fact, I can see as in people even coming to feed from you because you chose to be planted. So, manzo kitoka place uko planted, manzo die. Even though viliata plants ziko. Please don't do that. This is what God is saying. If it's you, manze paliuko, si lazima ato on inbox, you can just say amen. You can just say amen. Eh, nataka tutu ingetu momentu ya kupray. Momentu ya kupray. Place uko, by the way, to pray to end. For like for like the next seven minutes, and I believe that God is going to speak to some of us. And even as He's going to speak to some of us, let me share something. And this is something that is bothering someone here. I remember when we were serving and Manzeri Uko ICC Nairobi in 20 between 2020 to 2014, and the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully. move. And I remember um, there's Pastor Bethu, there's Pastor Wambua, there's Omosh then, and uh, these guys were so powerful. And I remember, as in people will come from abroad and they will come and prophesy. I remember this man prophesying to Bethu and he was telling him that you're going to lead worship in this, in this nation in Nairobi. And I see Bethu is doing that. And I remember for Pastor Wambua, he prophesied and for Omosh, he spoke to Omosh saying that you're going to do this or ministry and they're actually doing all those. And I remember I was in that place and I was asking myself, Manze, how comes? How comes Missy prophesy? How comes Missy's kick to Kayo? And God rebuked me that day and he told me, I have set you apart that I will speak to you. Beulah is saying she remembers that day. Oh, okay, Beulah, thank you for joining. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me and told me, for you, I speak to you. I don't have to have people to come and speak. And there are some of us, maybe on a film, beaten, maybe you scare words of prophecy, but you, you're just there. And I want you to tell, I want to tell you that. Manzeo time word and that is God speaking to you. That is God speaking to you. And just know that God has hidden you and he set you apart. Sometimes unezo kakua in front of people that are prophesying and they may prophesy amiss. And maybe you might claim that thinking that it's yours and it's not yours. But just keep on like what I said earlier. Just be planted in him. Guys, manze to inge into a moment of prayer. Even if you can't unmute, just enter into a moment of prayer. And the Bible says we desire, you desire. 
Imagine you desire and God is the one who gives. God is the one who gives. Just desire and just pray to him. And this place is vital ground for the Holy Spirit to thrive. Yes, we might be separated by distance, but I know according to God, we are all at the same place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, we thank you for, for we have come and sat at your feet. And Father God, we thank you for the word that we have spoken, the word that you have imparted on us, oh God. Father, I believe that us as young people, we won't be the same again. Right now, I am praying in the name of Jesus for each and every person according to your word. I am praying that Lord of Lords, that King of Kings, oh God, that Jesus, almighty and everlasting Father, that Lord of Lords, we will never be the same again. The fact that we've come to this place, oh God, we are leaving this place rejuvenated. We are leaving this place transformed. We are leaving this place different because, Lord, you have heard our cries. Father, we don't even want to speak about our needs. We don't even want to speak about the things that we are going through. But, Father, we just want to worship you for who you are. We just want to worship you for who you are. We just want to worship you for who you are. We just want to worship you for who you are. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. May you be the center of our focus. May you be the center of our focus. May you be the center of our focus, oh God. Is there someone in this place that maybe you have a word, a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, a word of maybe rebuke? Please just speak. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. Just Hello. speak whenever God gives you a word. Yeah. Yes. We can't hear you, Nelson. Israel is a mute kidogo. Okay. Um, sorry, my dog is barking. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lady here. I will check you bow down before two altars. Okay. Right. So, unapenda God, lakini unapenda. Nelson, I think there's something wrong with your mic. I'll speak if you're sorry. Um, okay. How about now? Yes. 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 So there's a lady here. Um, I don't know. You're bowing down between two altars. Before two altars. Um, uh, but uh, concentrate, eh? Uchague, utasave nani? You serve uh, your passion, ama utasave God. You have a deep desire for God, but you also have uh, a deep desire for affection at the same time. So, unajipata kila wakati, those two things are competing. And because of that, kuna uh, venye pia wakia kwa hiko wizuri sana. So, gonna have the opportunity ya uh, just to come clean, uh, I mean, and put things into perspective, okay? 
so okay relationship yako place ni iko ama vitu so, tuzitaenda poa yeah msikika poa i'm done yeah I think I have a word for everyone here. Um I was reading a book this morning and it was it was talking about the difference between being a Christian and not being a Christian <laughs> essentially. And the author was there was um AW Tozer and he was talking about the fact that as christians today that was during his time but it's very re- it's very relevant for us today he was talking about how we're trying so hard to live both in the world and to live for god to the point where we're finding creative ways to dabble in the world and still remain christians and was just talking about how dangerous that is and i think it really struck me because i really had to reevaluate my life and look at places where i have been walking closer to the ways of the world and i have been walking closer to the ways of god and for us it's it should be a wake up call because today the the devil is in the church and he is pushing christians closer and closer to the ways of the world and further and away from the ways of god and that's not just in the physical church building but even in our in our hearts in our you know in our actions in our conversations in our leisure every single thing that we're doing the devil is slowly pushing us into the ways of the world to the point where no one can tell a difference between a believer and an unbeliever and he went on to say that being a christian it's like there needs to be a stark difference we cannot be yoked to non-believers and it's a hard very hard truth but for some of us it has become like we've we've been called out of certain lifestyles but we've refused to leave because we're not going to look a certain way we're not going to to sound a certain way and it's it's going to take us away from the groups that we're so used to and so my challenge to us today is to kind of do that evaluation of where we actually belong to really consider where we actually belong and begin to see what it takes to belong in the right camp. Um yeah, yeah, so that was what I felt I should share. It's it's it there was a word for me that has really convicted my my heart throughout the day and I think it's something that should really go into convicting each and every one of us as we move on with our lives. Because this is going to be something we have to do over and over. our entire lives you have to always keep this in mind because it's very easy to fall away from the faith 
it's very hard to remain in Christ. Remember, the, the road is narrow. The Bible talks about how narrow the path is. The path has never gotten any wider, but the devil has made it seem like it has, especially for us Christians today, like there's so much allowance. He has made it seem like the people in the past are the ones who had it rough, and we are now walking in this very wide road leading to heaven, but it's not. It's leading to hell, and the road, if, if it has changed, then it has become narrower, not wider. And we really need to be on guard in our hearts, in our actions, in every single thing we do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Israel. I think we'll come to the end of this session today. Thank you so much, guys, for you can even just put a thumbs up or clap or something eh, at least bible in a work na the law of reciprocity um, galatians chapter 6 in asema even you who's been instructed it's good that you also give feedback i'm paraphrasing so that you will be blessed na paraphrase and uh yeah, so I'd like to just say thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Manze mujue, above all, God and our love me wote. Manze God and our love me wote. And since Ikitu Imekua recorded, I think it was posted on the podcast and you can listen. And next week, by the way, invite someone. Invite someone. If you have any feedback, if you have any suggestion, if you have any question or query, by the way, feel free to reach out to us and we will be able to make this Bible study even better and better. And the next outpouring will be coming soon, soon, maybe September, but we will let you know. See you again next week on Tuesday, next week together to, to keep time so that we also finish in time. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for coming. Amen. Enjoy your week. Thank you.